The heart longs for a little bit of hope. I'm going to begin this evening by reading from the prophet Isaiah. And in chapter 7, God's word speaks to our hearts with this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 9, it says, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Please, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name be the glory. Our whole focus this evening, this season is on you. I thank you, Lord, for every single person that has come. I thank you, Lord, for the hope that exists in the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. May you open eyes to see and ears to hear of that good news this evening. And may you be glorified with every word that is spoken. We ask this in the strong and powerful name of our Savior, the Messiah, Jesus. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad that you are here. Thank you for coming. You take a big deep breath and you say, finally, 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 we have made it to Christmas Eve. And in all honesty, as you sit here, many of you are absolutely exhausted. There are weary souls in our midst. You've been at this, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, like you've been at this whole Christmas thing now for several weeks. You work all day long and then there's been the decorating and the hanging of the lights, and the shopping, and the wrapping, and the baking. Um, the, the light bulbs are already starting to burn out that you're replacing. You're looking for extension cords. The tree is already starting to lose its needles. And you finally come to this place where it's like, wow, finally Christmas. And it's a quiet night, and we can pause it's dark, we can talk about, we can think about Jesus. Some of you are like, I remember hearing about Jesus when I, when I went to church with my grandma years ago. And then you're like, oh shoot, grandma, I forgot her gift. I forgot to buy grandma's gift and, and we're out of wrapping paper. I know we're out of scotch tape. And, and, and all of a sudden your mind starts going, where do we get scotch tape? Everything's going to be closed. It's Christmas Eve. And this whole Christmas thing gets, 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 it's exhausting. You ever find yourself asking questions like, do I ever like get anything or do I just give, 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 give? The answer this evening is what, what is in it for me? Let me tell you this. There is something and his name is Jesus, the, the Christ. Jesus Christ came to earth so that you could go to heaven. 
Jesus Christ died so you could live. We have this whole story, the manger to the cross to the tomb to save you. He did all of this for you. I I don't know about your own mind and thought at this moment, but I absolutely love, I love the setting and I love the scene to this night, the story of a baby in a manger. It is very, very familiar to us, but for some reason, it doesn't really fade. It is so obvious to us at this point. We've heard it, but yet it doesn't get old. It is well known, but it is never worn out. I have been read the Christmas story by my dad and my mom since I was a little kid. I have read it to our children when they were little kids. I've heard the Christmas story preached and I have preached it for years. And to tell you the truth, I still, I still can't fully like wrap my mind. I can't fully comprehend this thought. God, God became man. Wrap your mind around that. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. It is referred to as the incarnation of Christ, where we have the creator. Think of this. Who spoke. He spoke the entire universe into existence. He hung the sun and the moon in their place. Flung the stars into space. God, the creator, the one who came up with the idea of water and land and soil and seasons and snow and rain and flowers and fruit trees and gardens and grass. The creator who literally carved out mountain ranges and meadows and valleys and cliffs, oceans and beaches. The creator who designed the eagle to fly. And sharks to swim. The creator who designed the cheetah to run. And the orangutan to climb. Who formed man from the dust of the earth. Breathed the breath of life into him. And called him Adam. And then from Adam we know that the creator what? formed and fashioned the beauty, the exquisite beauty of his wife, Eve, and placed them both in the Garden of Eden. Splendor and wonder that has been unmatched ever since to enjoy what every part of his creation, all the sights, all the sounds, all the tastes, and all the scents, and most of all, to enjoy him. And yet, even when both of them disobeyed, both of them sinned, plunging the world into death and destruction all around, what? God became man. God became man. Which means he left the wonder, he left the splendor, and he left the glory of heaven to come down to earth to the stench of a stable, a baby shivering, humble, hungry, 
A baby in a sense that is nursed by his young mother, Mary, and protected by the strong hands of his heavenly, or excuse me, his earthly father, Joseph. A baby that was born with a purpose to die and live again so that you and I can live. So that we can live, have life, and it says in John 10, verse 10, what? Have life more abundantly from the manger, to the cross, to the tomb for you. A creator becomes our savior. I read a few verses from the prophet Isaiah. People don't realize that when Isaiah, in a sense, given these words in a vision by God, that the place, the people, were in absolute disarray. There was chaos, destruction all around. And yet God promised, he said, I'm going to give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And I'll call his name Emmanuel. And there's this, there's this, there's this gift for us. To us, to us a child is born to us, a son is given. We, we, even as sinners, received a gift that we do not deserve. That is grace. That is all God's grace. We know this story. We, we don't have to read too far. And we, we move from Isaiah. If you've grown up, if you're familiar with church at all, and you automatically race to the words from Matthew chapter 1, and there's a connection here. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they'll Call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And remember what it says in Luke in chapter 2, fear not. The angel says, for behold, I bring you good news of, of, of great joy. Some of you who have grown up in church have heard that. Some of you have perhaps heard that for the first time. It's okay if this is all new. But we have this idea of Mary and Joseph and they ride this little donkey. We have this idea of, of shepherds with little sheep gathered around. And we have, have this image, as we saw, of wise men riding their camels from the east following the star. And I thought about, well, how do, we, how do we liven this up a little bit? I thought, you know what we need tonight? We need a camel. I mean, really, how many times can you go to a church on Christmas Eve and have a camel? So I... Looked, Googled, and literally Googled how to buy a camel. We can find everything online, all the instruction, all the direction, all the information that we could ever need. So I Googled this, how to buy a camel to make this story, in a sense, come to life. This is the first response. Be prepared for lots of commitment and responsibilities. This is especially important because camels live 40 to 50 years. In my mind, I'm thinking, I need a camel for about one hour. I don't need it 50 years. It says what? You need to consider, <laughs> it said this, you need to consider your cash flow. Because they're going to need vaccinations and camels cost a lot of money. There's the cost of transporting the camel. And if it gets sick, there's vet fees. It says if your camel's not properly trained, then you're going to have to pay to have it properly trained. And it also says, consider what you're using the camel for. Depending on, direct quote, why you need the camel. 
I thought for a moment, who needs a camel? In a sense, that's really what is the instruction that's being offered. And then it gives more instruction, thankfully, that's very, very helpful. Plan on having at least two acres of land per camel. Because camels are herd animals. It might be a good idea to have at least two camels. So now I have to buy two camels and have at least four acres of pasture. I'm thinking the whole, the whole wheels are very quickly falling off this plan. Just for you, I really wanted to try to get a camel. I began to search, okay, well, if I have four acres of pasture land, where would I buy a camel? So we know that Amazon is the big hit. Amazon has what? They know how to. This is their theme. Work hard, have fun, and make history. We're going to make history in Lockhaven, Pennsylvania by bringing a camel right here. If anything, if anyone can find it, Amazon says our vision is to be the Earth's most customer-centric company to build a place where people can come to find and discover anything they might want to buy online. So I literally went to Amazon. I'm like, okay, I need a camel. Guess what came up? Callie the camel, a 12-inch stuffed camel. It's not going to cut it. Finally, after enough searching, I found a camel breeder, which you have to have in order to buy one. And I actually found one for sale. Her name was Tula. She's a 15-year-old female. The problem is, is that she cost $9,000 which is just a shade out of our budget at this moment. I did find Hauser, who's a three-year-old male, and he's on sale for only $6,000. The problem is, is that he's in California, and shipping was going to be a real problem. Even with Amazon Prime, they said it's going to be a problem. I'm stuck with this. Like, what do I do? So I thought for a moment. Brown, they're brown, fur, two eyes, two ears. And so I searched kind of locally of what I could come up with in light of. And I actually have someone who helped me here. I told you I'd come through. I told you I'd come through for you. Um, if I could just invite out for a moment. He has come all the way from the east of, I think it's Woolrich area. This is King Mitchell. And the best that we could come up with was a guinea pig. Now, hold on, hold on with me, okay? Come out here, King Mitchell, if you don't mind, just so everyone can see Oliver. Please don't refer to him as Ollie because he gets offended. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, Camel's got two eyes, and, and so does Oliver. And, and he's got two ears. He's got four legs somewhere in there. I don't know. And, and I thought about, the moment, how, how about if we didn't tell anyone and we just kind of marched Oliver out here with King Mitchell to say, this is our camel for you. You know what? I think you'd be one step ahead of me in saying you're absolutely crazy. Throw a hundred pound pack on this guy. Forgive me, Oliver, close your ears. But it wouldn't be a guinea pig, it'd be a guinea pie. <laughs> so we would not do that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for showing Oliver to us. You know, as ridiculous, as silly as it is to try to pass what? A guinea pig off for a camel. 
Like, that's just, it's not going to work. It's not even close. Do you realize that's exactly what people are trying to do at Christmas time? They're, they're in a sense, they're trying to pass something else off. Like, hey, you know what? Let's take this season. Season that is for one purpose, to focus on one. The Messiah. And let, let's, let's, let's pass off this season to like talk about presents. And, and, and string lights. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. That's fun. Great food. It's all fun. It's wonderful. Let, let's, let's get so caught up with the celebration of something that you can't, you can't replace the Messiah. People focus. I, I hear, sadly, sadly, I hear more about a fat guy in a red suit every Christmas than I do about the Messiah. And you know what? The truth is, that's what we need to focus on. The truth is we have a problem. The, the problem is, is that we're, we're not just coming up a camel short here tonight. The, the, the problem is this. Hear me on this. We, together, are in a broken relationship with our Creator. And it is evident. It is evident everywhere we look every direction we go. There is more confusion than ever before. There is more chaos. In another week, we will all watch the news as it, what, as it churns past the, the big stories of this past year. People in worship and, and, and someone walks in and just starts shooting and killing. People out at a concert, and, and they're just randomly shot. People driving their vehicles into crowds of people. That's, in a sense, a glimpse of the, the chaos around. And as a result, everyone lives with fear. Everyone lives with what? Destruction all around. And there's that idea that the heart longs. It longs for a little bit of hope. This evening, I want you to hear this, that Jesus is the only solution to the problem that we have of a broken relationship with our creator. And although there is a holy God, no doubt, who spoke everyone and everything into existence, and we are what? Sinful men. There is a great distance and chasm between the two that cannot meet apart from what? Apart from that gift that is given to you and to me, the Messiah, Jesus. He was born to die. And it was what? On the cross that Jesus bore the full weight of his heavenly father's wrath. Every sin that you and I have ever committed, that Jesus Christ saw you and suffered on your behalf and paid the price for your sin and my sin that we just could not pay. This evening, we are given an opportunity to get a glimpse of who Jesus really is, the baby born in a manger. See him as the invincible figure striding across the world stage, taking gracious command called a chaos. We know what from the darkest, Isaiah was writing, the light shines the brightest. From confusion comes wise counsel and comfort. From chaos and conflict comes peace. 
Let me just remind you of a couple verses in Isaiah as we kind of make our way through this book. We see in Isaiah chapter 6 that God is holy. It says this, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood two seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Not only do we see the Lord as holy in Isaiah chapter 6, but in Isaiah chapter 7, we see that the Lord keeps his promises. He says, I'm going to give you a sign. And when you hear of this miraculous birth of a young, young virgin named Mary who, who gives birth, and that's the sign. Be looking for that. And God keeps his promises. Isaiah 9, God has an amazing plan for us. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And then we know, and I want to close by reading a few verses as difficult as they are at times to hear or to read the description of what Jesus Christ suffered on your behalf and on my behalf, Isaiah continues on and speaks about the ministry of Jesus. 740 years before Jesus was ever born, Isaiah wrote this about the Lord, that he would be despised and rejected by men. Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities and upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Every heart, every heart that is here longs for a little bit of hope. And I would encourage you that with all of the noise, all the festivities, to see Jesus, to hear Jesus, to know that he was born and we celebrate that birth for a purpose. That purpose is to give himself to you so that this evening, Christmas Eve, December the 24th, 2017, you can put your faith and your trust in Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the only one who can give hope and bring healing in a broken world. Father, I would ask that you would be with us over these next hours as we open up gifts. May we understand and be reminded of the greatest gift that was ever given that you offered your own son. We thank you, Lord, for the fulfillment of prophecy, the miracle of his birth, 
perfection, but entire life lived in the sacrifice of his death on our behalf. Father, help us, Lord, to see Jesus, to not replace him with anything else. Father, I thank you for this time that we can be together to worship you and sing of you and celebrate your goodness, your grace, your glory. Bless each one now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.